We came to know God because the gospel was spoken to us. We came to know God because God revealed himself. That is just a glorious idea. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. Here's the, uh, as the Latin would say, ordo salutis. Here's the order of salvation. Verse 13. In him, that is Jesus, you also, after listening to the message of truth. What is the message of truth, church? The gospel of Jesus. And in case you wanted clarification, look at what Paul says next. The gospel of your salvation. (laughs) Just in case you were wondering. So, after listening to the message of truth... So where are we at in the timeline? The first thing that happens is the message of truth is declared. After listening to the message of truth, which is the gospel of your salvation, having also believed the message of truth, so guess what you have to do? The message is declared, and you have to place faith in God. This is called trust. Faith is trust, and that is all. Okay? This is believing. So how did you hear when in your deafness or in your blindness? The gospel can do that. The gospel can do that. It can wake you up, church. Listen to me. So he says, in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, step two, having also believed, step three, look at this beautiful seal and this beautiful promise. After this, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. When does the Holy Spirit come into the life of the Christian? Once they believe. What I want you to see here is that the Spirit of God was given to those who heard the gospel and those who believed as a deposit of the future glory that they're waiting for. God says, I'm not going to just let you wait till heaven. I'm not going to just wait till there's a new heaven and a new earth. I'm going to go ahead and give you something now, a deposit. It is my Spirit. So he says, after uh, the gospel of salvation has been preached, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, verse 14, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. So again, church, how did we come to know God? According to this, the gospel. How is it that the gospel can wake people up? Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who, order of salvation again, believes. The gospel is declared. Belief is the response to the Jews first and also to the Greek. Because God is what? No respecter of persons. God wants all to come to know him. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It, and we understand what the antecedent is, the it is grace. The it is not faith. Faith is trust, and that is all. And it's fascinating because even, uh, even in some circles, for example, John Calvin agrees. It does not refer to faith. It's a fascinating idea. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace, that it is not of yourselves. Grace is not of yourselves. It, grace is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Because what would would give us cause to boast? Not faith. Works would give us cause to boast. Saving ourselves would give us cause to boast. Paul confirms this in Romans 4, 5, and 16. Romans 4 verse 5 says, But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, whose faith? His faith is credited as righteousness. Faith is trust and that is all. It's not something you can pat yourself on the back for. Faith is simply saying, I can't save myself. Right? 
You see it? So we put our faith in God, and that is credited to us as righteousness. The same as Abraham, the same as Moses, the same as Jeremiah. It's the same thing all throughout the the history of mankind. Verse 16 of Romans 4. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace. Paul is trying to melt this idea away that we could save ourselves by our works. But he's also trying to implant the idea that faith is not an obstacle. It is a natural response to the gospel. For this reason, it is by faith in order, that is justification, salvation, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, the Jew, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, the Gentile, who is the father of us all. And you can go back to the series on Romans uh, for a lot more commentary on that. So, how do we come to know God? His revelation. His gospel, His light shining in the darkness, His word spoken to deaf ears, okay? What do we do in response? We have faith. Now, some look at this and say, that's hard because now you're saying some can have faith and some don't have faith, and, and how do I know? Are those good versus bad people? It's not, about, it's not about morality at that point. That's why Paul stressed, it is so that it's in accordance with grace that it's through faith. Faith is not the obstacle here. But just so you can rest your mind, Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith does come a certain way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. How can you put your trust in something you've never heard of? Answer me, church. Can you? Can you put your trust in something you've never heard of? No. Can you put your trust in something that you have had declared to you? Yes. Can you refuse to put your trust in it? Of course you can. Of course you can. The gospel is declared, and all of a sudden we have this opportunity. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word about Christ. So we came to know God through the revelation of the gospel. And although proclaimed through flesh and blood, please connect these two dots here. Who spoke to Peter? Who spoke to Peter when, who asked Peter those two questions in Matthew 16? Jesus did. Did he come in the flesh? Yes. But who revealed it according to Jesus? The Father, right? But my Father who is in heaven has revealed this. Do you go and preach the gospel to people? I'm not asking if you actually do. I'm saying, are we supposed to? Are you supposed to preach the gospel? Yes, you're supposed to preach the gospel. Does it come through flesh and blood? Yes, but what is the revel- who is the revelation from? Our Father who is in heaven. This is why Romans 10.4 speaks of the blessedness of the person who brings good news. Oh, it's a blessed thing for a person to bring the gospel. This is why the Great Commission exists. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Think about this. Could God just say, fine, I'll just announce it from a megaphone from heaven? Could he do that? Yeah, of course he could. He could announce it from heaven. He could just speak and everybody would hear. But what does God choose to do? Use people. Why does he choose to use us? Exodus 33. Because when you know the ways of God and when you practice them, you learn who he is. You begin to know him. Is God a God of the gospel message? Yes, he's the writer. Do we declare the gospel? Yes. Why? To know him better every day. 
to know that every person that we tell about Jesus, what we're actually discovering is that God loves people more than we do. God loves people more than we do. He loves your neighbor more than you do. He loves your wife more than you do. He loves your children more than you do. Let me tell you one of the greatest problems in the church today, and I know I jump onto these things a lot, but there is so much going wrong that it has to be addressed. I could choose to address it like some and just scream at the top of my lungs, or I can address it the way I do and try to give you a reasoned understanding of why it's a problem and what we can do about it. So many mission organizations in our world today are going over to overseas and going to all the ends of the world, and what are they doing? They are doing a necessary thing. They're helping people in their lives. They're helping people with food on the table. They're helping people with employment. They're helping people with communities and and these things. But listen to me clearly, church. More and more mission organizations are being ridiculed by the people in those countries saying, stop sending people like this. Because all the gospel they're presenting is, is a gospel of philanthropy. They, they give you food, they give you water, they give you this, they give you that, but nobody preaches the only message that makes blind eyes see, makes uh, deaf ears hear. You know that old adage that says, what if we gained the whole world but forfeited our soul? In missions, I've changed it. What if we give the whole world the whole world, but we never care about their soul? We're not doing the job. Jesus had some words for Pharisees who did this. He says, you travel over land and sea and you create twice the son of hell that you are. (laughs) Smile. The problem in the world today is that we're ashamed of the very message that saves people. And let me tell you how important this is. We're ashamed of it because we think people come to know God by us. People come to know God by the gospel, not you. Not me. They don't come through us. They come through the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. You see, it's just ever so slight how we turn it around. And then everything's about us. Well, I saved 10 people this day. Well, I I ministered to all these. No, 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 no. Unless you preach the gospel, unless you preach the gospel, uh, you aren't finished with your job. You haven't done your job. And this is a serious problem. But here's what we do. We're resting on ourselves. We're resting. Man, I tell you, Nathan, if we don't don't help somebody who's hungry, I agree with you. Don't just pray for them. Don't just pray for them. Feed them. The Bible tells us that that's the case. But communicate why you're feeding them. You see, church, we come to know God only because of God. Because of his revelation, he's shown in the darkness. This is an amazing thing. And guess what the scripture says that we have a responsibility to do? Participate in the ministry of reconciliation 